here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special live edition of Shake Them Ropes. It is Tuesday, August 19th, and we are broadcasting live, streaming live, on VoicesOfWrestling.com. We have a lot to talk about today. Uh, The world, the wrestling world, is buzzing after the cards of Sunday and Monday night, SummerSlam and Raw. The uh, sports world, in a way, is buzzing a lot, too. We'll talk about that. Uh, Rob McCarron here, Jeff Hawkins, with us as per usual. Uh, Jeff, before we get into anything, how are you doing? As opposed to our, our the, the dead shows that I usually do, we are live right now. Yes, we are <laughs> streaming live, VoicesOfWrestling.com. You can go there right now and listen to us live. Um, although if you're not listening to us live right now, I don't know why this description would help because you can't hear me. Uh, but, uh, yes, if you are, uh, out there listening to our recorded podcast later on, uh, follow along on, uh, our Twitter at shake them ropes. And you can know when we are going to be broadcasting live. We are going to open the phone lines today, open the phone and Skype lines. You can phone in at two six zero four nine four three eight one one. That's two six zero four nine four thirty eight eleven. Or hit us up on Skype. Our Skype name is Let's Say Things. That's Let's Say Things, all one word. And you can uh, contact us and give your thoughts on SummerSlam and Raw, all the big stuff uh, that happened this weekend. Uh, It was quite the two days, Jeff. It really was. It was uh, two days of what I thought were awesome shows uh, that not only were entertaining at the time, but also set up quite a bit for the rest of the year with WWE. Um, now, you were live at SummerSlam, is that right? <laughs> I survived SummerSlam with two seven-year-olds in tow, neither of which were mine. Yeah, well, uh, okay. <laughs> asked by uh, someone I work for. Uh, <laughs> you can always tell how the conversation is going to go when they go, you like that wrestling stuff, don't you? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> one of whom quite opinionated and has access to the internet and and just entertained me to no end but both were also John Cena fans which uh it's very interesting going to events with people who aren't aware that the business is a w- work and also just people whose enthusiasm is a little less jaundiced it's uh it's cool, but uh, at the same time, this I'll, I'll give you an example of one of the quotes from uh, one of the children that I had in tow with me. Um, Daniel Bryan is apparently out of action because he broke into somebody's house. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. 
yes, lost in translation, the news article about how he stopped a burglar. Now he is the burglar, and he is certain of this. And also, John Cena could go to the UFC, but they just won't let him in because he'd beat everybody there up. Right. I, yeah. You, you can't have John Cena come in and wipe out your entire territory. You have a business to run. And, and of course, the one that I gave to you, which was um, <laughs> Steph should just sit on Brie because she's so fat. Right. Well, that was a little harsh. <laughs> it, it was at that point where I was like, all right, just leave the kid there. <laughs> oh, this this went on for three hours or so, but uh, it was a lot of fun. I, it was Good. a lot more. Um, I enjoyed this a lot more than SummerSlam two years ago live. Uh, watching wrestling live at Staples is a weird experience because it comes off much better on television, in my opinion. Uh, Staples Center is a hard building to fill with sound unless everybody is very loud. Now, it got loud at points, but like I remember 2012, it was very quiet at times, mm-hmm. and uh, and there were long periods of silence and long dead periods. But overall, in terms of SummerSlam, uh, top to bottom, this has been my this was my favorite WWE card in a couple of years. There were no dead matches, uh, with the exception of the you know the Totino's. Uh, vignette, which we saw in a lot of shilling for the network, which gets on your nerves after a while. Um, just overall, I, I really enjoyed SummerSlam quite a bit. Not uh, Raw, Raw. I'm a little less. I, I'm not negative on Raw. I'm just. I, I spent a lot of Raw going, huh? So that's what they're doing. Well, we'll we'll break down both of these shows in a bit. We do have our uh, first caller on the line. Uh, caller, your name and where are you calling from? Hey guys, this is Warren from Voices of Wrestling. How's it going? It's Warren. Hello, Warren. You are uh, you were our second place finisher from our podcast last week, predicting SummerSlam. Second out of fourth, not too bad. Um, you did That's much better than my I. My life, second best. You did much better than I did. I was the uh, loser on the SummerSlam predictions. Uh, Warren, how are you? And uh, what? Wait, were your... wait, wait! You're Go... burying the lead. Who Go won? Ahead. Who won? Uh, that was Jeff Hawkins. Jeff Hawkins won six and two, six and two. Not bad. I went, I believe three and five. Sorry. He's still not RD Evans. 144 and 0 at last count. I can only hope to be, I can only hope one day to be, I coincidentally true fact. I was there live for RD Evans first ever win in ring of honor. Wow. That is a true state. It was uh, the Phoenix WrestleMania shows. He worked the pre-show out in Phoenix before WrestleMania on the ROH weekend as Robert Evans. And uh, he his tag team won the match. That was his first ever win in Ring of Honor. But Warren, you uh, calling in, we're coming off of a, a pretty hyped SummerSlam and Raw. Um, although a little bit later, we're going to get to some who maybe didn't see it as a uh, an awesome event like some of us have. Uh, what were your thoughts coming out of the weekend and uh, of, of a crazy weekend of WWE? thought that SummerSlam, it wasn't a blow-away card like a lot of people on the website were calling it, but I thought it was an easy watch. You didn't have a bad match. I think that the lowest I rated it maybe was two and three quarters for Bree and Stephanie. I think the highest I went was three and three fourths for Ambrose Rollins. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely agree, Warren. I, I agree that there were no I didn't think there was a bad match on the show. I think I maybe 
thought there might have been one below average match, but it everyone came to play. It was Los Angeles. Everyone came, worked hard. It was a very entertaining show. There were a lot of cool stories, and there were a lot of uh, bells and whistles to get kind of fans of any type of wrestling into it, I thought. Yeah, and, you know, we did get to see WWE take a little bit of a risk in the main event, you know. Brock came through. And what they did was very interesting. It's what they should have done in 2012, is that they made John Cena look insignificant. And you have to give Cena credit for that. I know a lot of people love to hate on him, but the guy went out, took an ass beating for 16 minutes, 16 German suplexes, and put Brock over like a pro. And I think some credit needs to be given to him. you got to give some credit to Brock, too. He showed up in shape. That's the best he's looked since he came back. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he was... He was back almost as much as a uh, 10-year absence can do for you. He was almost back to 2003 Brock Lesnar in WWE as far as how toned he was. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm interested to see where this goes. I think this could either be a lot of fun or could be a huge mistake. You know, I know that some people are already kind of doubting how many appearances he's going to make. You know, it could be that we have Heyman run run up the card pretty much every week without Brock there, and he just shows up for his match. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic. I don't think we've ever had as a WWE champion. He only shows up to fight. He doesn't show up to shill his match. No, you know, he's, he's not an entertainer. He's a real fighter. Yeah, if, kind of you cool see, if you want to see Brock Lesnar wrestle, you're going to have to get this WWE Network or pay $50 a month on Comcast or Uverse or one of these cable outlets. You're going to have to pay up to see Brock Lesnar. He's not going to be wrestling WWE around. Network you speak of? I don't know how much it is. Yeah. They, never, they never really say how much it costs. So if you're if you're unaware, it is nine ninety nine per month with a six month commitment, or you can subscribe for twelve ninety nine with no commitment, or you know you could also subscribe for nine ninety nine with a commitment and then give up on the commitment midway through. Plus a piece of your sanity. <laughs> I'm actually just kidding. I, I knew the price. It's just they shield it so much. It even got a chain, I think, at SummerSlam. Oh, absolutely. It's it's growing, and that's just going to mean it's not going to stop. When the crowd's starting, the crowd anticipates it. This was the big thing on Raw, is with Hogan last week on Raw during the birthday bash, when they were getting ready to say the nine ninety nine, the crowd went with them while they said it. This week on Raw, they're so ready, the crowd actually started chanting the nine ninety nine knowing that Steph was about to mention it. They preempted. They got her they got the 999 out before Steph could. They're all ready for it. So hey, if they're going to channel along, WWE's not going to stop saying the 999 or making that a thing. And you know what? Good for them. If if two people wonder to their buddy at a WWE event and say, "What's this 999 they're chanting?" "Oh, it's for the network." "Oh, well, maybe I want to subscribe to that." It worked. You got two more subscribers for nothing, for free. And I can take back to Herman Cain's presidential campaign. Yeah, I can take two minutes out of every hour being a shill for the WWE Network if they're going to give me matches like Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose and Brock and Cena. I can deal. You know, know, I'll be honest with you. I didn't catch the Rollins-Ambrose match from Raw, but I heard it was fantastic. And it's a really interesting way to write Ambrose off for a few weeks. Well, what I'm you didn't catch it on Raw or on SummerSlam? Uh, I caught it on SummerSlam okay. and catch it on Raw. The SummerSlam match, I liked. Okay. You know, I'll be honest with you, I thought it was, was kind of unique because I've never seen the Lumberjacks actually go up in a crowd and bring them back down to the ring. I thought that was pretty, a pretty nice take. Oh, well, we're going to definitely talk about that, match. I, I liked it, too. The match last night, if you haven't seen Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose from Raw on Monday, 
go on to Hulu, go on to somewhere and watch that match. It was what I think better than their SummerSlam match for different reasons. It was quite the main event for Raw. Maybe the best match on Raw this year. Uh, it was epic. And I'm going to need you, Warren, to go watch it and write a book report on it for me. You know, I will do that. Okay. Uh, I will be- turn it in next week. Hopefully, hopefully I get extra credit. Before you uh, call in next week and you tell us what you thought about it, before we, uh, before we let you go and move on to the rest of SummerSlam, I want to ask you, okay, so the big debate, um, what I'm seeing at least online from different viewers of SummerSlam was whether it was one of the best SummerSlams of all time or whether it wasn't, whether the Brock Lesnar-John Cena match was a match of the year candidate or not, I'm not asking you if you thought it was one, it was the best match of this year. Do you think Brock Lesnar and John Cena was one of the best matches this year, or were you just not feeling it in that way? I think that, like I said, I gave it three and a half stars. I think that it was a good match and it told a good story, but I don't think it's match of the year. I think if they have a rematch somewhere down the line and Cena gets more offense in, yes, it will be a match of the year candidate, but no, I don't think it was. As far as one of the best summer slams of all time, I think that it's going to end up being somewhere kind of in an 8 to 12 range. It's good, but it's not great. It's definitely going to be – it's, it's going to stand up, though. It's a very easy watch, in my opinion. 8 to 12. Cancel the book report on the Seth Rollins match. I want you to do a rankings of all the summer slams now. 8, oh, to, I can do that. 8 to 12 seems pretty low to me. Well, there's, you know, a lot of the ones I put before, it's nostalgia. Like, I put 98 SummerSlam before it. I don't know how well that, that holds up, though. I haven't watched that in probably 15 years. I like how Warren calls in just to give his thoughts, and we're putting him to work. Hey, you know, that's what I do. I mean, I've been kind of absent from VOW for a while, so I need to get back to work. Coming up, coming up with a whole bunch of Voices of Wrestling article ideas right now live on the air. Um Yes, there we go. There you are. Uh, well, thank you so much, Warren, for calling in. Uh, listen, uh, I appreciate you for listening, and uh, appreciate you for doing the show last week too. Our preview special on SummerSlam. Uh, you did quite a bit better than I, so next time I'll come more prepared. No problem, man. You probably get it the next time. You guys have a good night. All right, thanks, Warren. Uh, what do you think you know, about? Go ahead. If there's, a, if there's any God in the world then um or not of this world then nine nine ninety nine chance will replace the what chance sure yeah why not at least there's a purpose behind it uh if you would like to uh like warren call into our show you can do so 260-494-3811 or on skype at let's say things you can call in with your thoughts you can also listen live when we record live at voicesofwrestling.com go there and check out all our recent podcasts and go ahead and check out their podcast too i know I know the Voices of Wrestling guys, Rich and Joe, are going to be on on Thursday on their show, Voices of Wrestling, talking a lot of the stuff that we're talking about here, giving their opinions. And really, if you're a SummerSlam fan, um, if you were or just didn't like the show, I encourage you to listen to both our podcast and theirs because a lot of differing opinions. You might have uh, missed something from SummerSlam that we talk about um that would play into the future of the wwe storylines or if you want to give your opinions that differ between ours uh, contact us you can tweet us at shake them ropes or at voices of wrestling uh for their show and uh give us a call in but we were talking with warren there about uh the the brock lesnar john cena match um Mm -hmm. not a match of the year contender for him what about for you jeff um because I'll I'll talk about my rating for it since you know everyone wants star ratings so I I give the star ratings out when people ask for them but 
I want your thoughts on this Brock Lesnar John Cena match because there really have been a lot of differing opinions. Well, you know, Rob, wrestling is subjective, and everybody yes. has everything that they you know that they can't. Kind of, no, um, <laughs> I forget um, that sometimes. Uh, no. No, not no, no, no not what? match of the not match of the year. Oh, not, Come not on, you too. I'm, I'm here. Go ahead, go ahead. It's like Predator. I love watching Predator. I can sit down and watch Predator a thousand times. I can watch that match <laughs> a lot. Uh-huh. I could sit here and eat popcorn and watch that match over and over and over again. Yeah. Match of the year. I'm looking for my Academy Award contenders. And and that's, you know, it's just not there. I mean, given all the matches in the G1, I don't even think it's the best match in the WWE this year. Okay. I I mean, I'd still put Zayn Cesaro. I'd put, you know, I'd put, I think I enjoyed the Ambrose-Rollins match from last night more than Brock Cena in okay. terms of mm-hmm. match mm-hmm. of the year quality type stuff. I mean, there's, there's, there's you know, I, no. It, it's a fine, enjoyable eat popcorn, turn your brain off match and watch a guy get the crap beat out of him, which I loved, but no, not match of the year for me. We had, there were comments left on the Voices of Wrestling website after this match took place. Comments like, from one reader, there wasn't much of a story here except that one guy was portrayed as being much, much better than the other. A squash is as basic and simplistic as it gets. It was a bad wrestling match. We had another reader say... I won't go that far. We, oh, we had another reader say, I am dumbfounded. I thought the match between Lesnar and Cena was one of the most boring main events I've ever seen in my huh. life. We had huh. a third comment. The match between Cena and Lesnar was a joke. I could have beat Cena if, that, if it was that fake. Cena didn't even put up a struggle. And then one more comment to get to. We're... Excuse me. Were you all watching the same the same main event? Two hundred and fifty German suplexes, two F fives, an AA, and a bunch of dead time. That was terrible. These are the comments that we're seeing now. Those were the negative ones. There were a lot of good ones too, but those are the negative comments I'm seeing after this match at SummerSlam. We, <laughs> what do they want? They want Benoit stunned. Malenko, or do they want Malenko Guerrero from ECW circa '94? No, you're not going to get that with that was, Cena. And that was Brock. a nice, nice mid-censor sentence there of taking Benoit out. Wow. Yeah, well, I, I was misremembering. Yeah. Um. <laughs> we have uh, now after that we have comments from Twitter. Uh, Chris Harrington says people who thought Cena Brock was boring ought to be forced to watch that never-ending Nash Triple H Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> so there are uh, positive. Uh, we're gonna get to a call here, I believe. Uh, caller, you are on the air. You are live. What is your name and where are you calling from? Hey, it's Crowbro. Hi there. Crowbro is calling. Greg, what's on your mind today? We were talking about ah. SummerSlam and how great the Cena Brock Lesnar match was and how some people are hating on it. Where do you stand on oh, Brock really? and John Cena? That's pretty good. I, I, in my opinion, uh, that should have been what the uh, Extreme Rules 2012 should have been. Just going in there, kicking ass, and establishing a, a quote, new star. But, I mean, everything else, I mean, everything about it was great. Just, uh, I mean, the crowd was into it. Probably the best squash match I've ever seen. 
Yeah, and that's right. I mean, there's no bones about it. It was a squash match. I mean, by all definitions, one guy had the upper hand from the get-go all the way to the end. Uh, John Cena had one little hope spot. It was uh, it was just entertainment. I No one knew going in that this was going to be a one-sided affair. A lot of people, myself included, thought that WWE was going to put John Cena as the winner of this match. You know, I we thought may, so too. Yeah, we may have wanted something else. We may have wanted Brock Lesnar to win like I did. I just didn't think it was going to happen. So here I am the entire time thinking, all right, John Cena's going to come back at some point. When he hit the AA, I thought, okay, here it is. Now we're getting the back and forth. There was a lot of drama to it. Yeah, I, I, I figured he'd win, or I figured Lesnar would win. I gave Cena probably about a 30% chance just because you never know with WWE. But yeah, I mean, it, it, the whole, I was entertained from start to finish. It was a really good show, and that match was great. And Lumberjack match was awesome. Like, not, not really a bad match on the card, I'd say. Yeah, and that's what we're hearing a lot. I mean, I, I don't think there's too many people out there, a vast majority are, were entertained by the show. I, I don't think there's too many people out there thinking there were bad matches on the show. Like, you go watch Battleground again, and then you come back and watch SummerSlam, and you're going to be thanking God that SummerSlam was on, like, to save you from the bad taste that Battleground had in your mouth. Um, I, I, I just think, in relative speaking, you know, a lot of people are forgetting the type of matches they've been seeing uh, over the past few years. I, I was going to say this year, but this year's kind of been a breakout year for WWE in the match department. 2003-2014 has been epic in the ring, and it's not just Daniel Bryan. I mean, Daniel Bryan certainly helped, but there's a lot of good talent in this ring, uh, including Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns, and a lot of newer guys that are coming up that are going to be stars in two or three years. Yeah, yeah. It always helps us, like, when the matches mean something. Like I, I felt invested when like uh, Seth and Dean and uh, even Roman Reigns and Orton, like it was uh, a tale of you know old guy trying to, uh, I guess he found the young guy and the young guy found getting his win and getting that rocket strapped to him and all that stuff. But I mean, it, it was a good show. I don't know what else to say. It was great. Raw was great the next night, and um, I'm hopelessly, um, hopefully optimistic at this point of WWE. I, I th- I'm too. I, I think the last two nights of WWE from SummerSlam and Raw. Gave a lot of people optimism. Uh, would you agree with that, Jeff? Is there optimism to be had from the last two nights here? I had optimism going into Raw. I'm kind of leery after it, but I have my own reasons. It's not because I hated Raw. It's just because I questioned some of the moves that they made. Um, I don't see how anybody can hate that Brock Cena match on the basis of story when we've had such tepid 50-50 booking and the only dominant matches you ever see are guys you know are going to be dominated isn't it nice to have something that shocks you once in a while where you're pleasantly surprised and you have an actual dominant heel as opposed to the WWE style which is to have a dominant face that heals chase i mean i i don't <laughs> that, that flabbergasts me that people that people can accept they 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 like the mediocre stuff more than the stuff that's really really good. <laughs> it just kills me. Here's a point that yeah. I have too: is if that's Brock Lesnar versus Zack Ryder having the same exact match, it's nobody a complete, cares. It's a completely different match. This was John Cena, the guy that no one on their right mind would have thought would have been manhandled like that. It's John Cena defending the championship with all the promos he cut about never giving up for the last ten years. This is a guy who still didn't give up. I mean, when he had the capability of fighting back, he did. But Brock Lesnar just shut him down the entire show. Uh, Storyline-wise is what gave uh, the idea that it was one of the match-of-the-year contenders for me. I mean, not 
in-ring action, even though I thought the just ragdoll throwing of John Cena from Brock Lesnar with the suplexes, I think that was perfect. Hit the same move over and over. If it works, why use something different? Use what works. It's kind of your American version of AJ Styles, Minoru Suzuki, which a lot of people have been clamoring about as match of the year. But really all it is is it's simple, well-done storytelling as opposed to a lot of moves and a lot of uh, action. I want to ask you, Greg, who do you think is next now for Brock Lesnar? Um, You know, no, uh, no inside knowledge or whatever, all that stuff aside, who's the rightful person to go after Brock Lesnar? Uh, right now, who do you think might go and who should go? Uh, well, I think it will be a, probably a Cena rematch. Just I mean, isn't the uh, like network subs up in like September, right? Yeah, well, yeah. My my sub and I subscribed on the first day without taking the free week trial. My sub uh-huh. is up in five days. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I've I, I've I've always heard on all the shows that you know there's. They got to do something special for September. They got to do something special for September. And mm-hmm. really, I mean, there's no one yet that can, I mean, generate mainstream interest like Cena. Yeah. Like it or not. So I, I figured it would uh, be that. I figured Brock will go over. Um, after that, I, I'm going to say Sheamus only okay. because the, I'm guessing there's Steven Reigns. Four yeah. later, and he's essentially the best built base left. Hey, makes sense to me. Greg, thank you so much for uh, calling. Excellent. I, yeah. I I agree. I think uh, you might as well feed if you have Brock for enough dates. Sheamus might be one to feed him. Uh, maybe earlier yeah. than later, just so you can rehab him after and become a top guy again. But yeah, Sheamus would be a good fight because that's a big guy that some people might see believable as someone who could uh, take it to Brock Lesnar. Um, if I'm them, I'd, I'd have one more match with Brock at Night Champion, mm-hmm. maybe one more, and then the Rumble. I wouldn't have him on every show. Just keep him, just keep him sparingly, so people don't tire of him and make it seem like he's spe- it's a special occasion. Yeah, and and I think a guy like Sheamus could have a different style of match than some others on the roster too. Uh, so that that would be uh, be interesting. Mm-hmm. Might see it. I do, I do I do want to see Ambrose against Brock just once just I know it'd be crazy I don't even care if Ambrose loses just mm-hmm. it'd be awesome oh I I think especially after last night and maybe even before yeah. um I would agree with that I think an Ambrose Brock Lesnar match if you really yeah. wanted to hyper drive someone up to the top a Dean Ambrose match would be epic with Brock Lesnar um and the same type of match that he had with Rollins really Dean Ambrose would just be going crazy walloping Brock Lesnar with exactly. With every type of thing. Like, that's how you take the monster down, is you just go crazy at him. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, that's all I had to say. So you guys take it easy. All right, Greg. Thank you so much we'll for calling that. in. Jeff, uh, so, so far we've had uh, we've had two calls entertained by the show, SummerSlam, and I think that's your vast opinion. Um, did you watch, because I know you were there live at SummerSlam in the building. Have mm-hmm. you watched the show on TV afterwards? Have you had that difference of perspective at all? Yeah, no, I, I came home uh, yesterday and I watched it after after work. Um, came off just as entertaining, maybe even more so. Uh, certain parts were even louder. Uh, the one real dead part for me at Staples was kind of that beginning of the Reigns-Orton match. And then after the power slam, it picked up. But, you know, it kind of came off that way on TV, although the... Uh, 
crowd was a little bit more into it being miked mm-hmm. um, in the beginning then. But uh, for the most part, it came off just as well live as it did on TV, I think. Uh, we have a Twitter comment on our Twitter feed, at Shake Them Ropes. You can uh, get in touch with us while we record if you're not able to call in. Uh, we were talking about who might be next for Brock Lesnar, and we're going to get into that a little bit too uh, later on. But uh, at Mookie Ghana, who is our buddy Chris, uh, he writes that since they have Mark Henry working two angles on TV, maybe they could have Big Show still be in the tag team, but also the next one to challenge Brock. Would that match excite you? Brock Lesnar, Big Show? It depends, because I'm still confused over this Mark Henry thing that we I think we need to talk about a little. All right, let's, uh, let's go into... Uh, we'll, we'll get back to uh, Chris's point here, because we may see something like that. And, and before I'll, we, I'll, I can answer the question ahead, real quick. It depends on how they build Big Show, mm-hmm. period. I like Big Show. I'll watch that match uh, nine times out of ten, but it just depends what kind of Big Show we get. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I think the Big Show matches now would be interesting. The problem I see with all this talk about who might be next is there's a lot of good choices. Like I said, I would like Dean Ambrose to go up against him. I think putting him in the ring with Sheamus would serve a purpose. It's not that I want to see the match so much. It's that it would be a nice big win for Brock Lesnar. Um we're not going to get so many Brock Lesnar matches. I mean, we may in the next calendar year, we may only get four Brock Lesnar matches and that might be high. So they, they really have to think about who they want to put in the ring with them. I could, I could see John Cena getting a rematch at some point. I could see them not rematching those two. I could see John Cena maybe being the last match before WrestleMania for Brock Lesnar. Uh, there's a lot of different philosophies there. Uh, let's go ahead and go through SummerSlam here because it was, I thought a very entertaining show. Um, one of the best summer slams there have ever been, in my opinion, maybe top three, I wouldn't necessarily put it over the 2002 summer slam, uh, but, but top three, as far as ones I can remember, I think I would put it up there. Uh, we opened with the intercontinental championship, Dolph Ziggler and the Miz and Dolph Ziggler won this one. He got the win in his new hometown. Dolph, Dolph Ziggler beats the Miz for the intercontinental championship, a match that got pretty good reactions. Uh, I gave it three stars out of five. I thought it was above average. Uh, I liked it. Um, and then on Raw the next night, we saw that, hey, you want to win a title? You're going to get losses on TV immediately. Uh, what do you think alive about the opening match of the night? Really enjoyed it. I thought, uh, you know, for all the crap Miz takes, I thought he really put in a, a, a nice effort here. And Ziggler, he and Ziggler... You know, after a couple matches where you heard them talking throughout the whole thing, I think I think they really, I mean, it was a great opener. I mean, it, it, it far exceeded our expectations. Uh, the the it, it shocked me how many false finishes there were in this match. Um, in terms of wow, they're letting them do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, great, perfect for me. Loved it. The kids it, kids were going a bit nuts too because they really wanted Ziggler. Oh sure. Um. We we skipped the dark match, but you know RVD beat Cesaro. <laughs> yeah, that, that match didn't. Ma- uh, it really didn't matter. It was there to give you know you want to sell the pay per view, or I guess yeah. it's only on the network and YouTube, so who cares? But RVD's yeah, the baby for, face. Give him the win. Why not? But for but for all your optimism after WrestleMania, I'm still sad about Cesaro. I'm sorry. It's yeah. it's hasn't had the me. best year. Has not had the best year. Uh no, but but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I I kind of part of me a little bit wishes that. Uh, even if she can't do full time on the road or as a performer, that Maurice was a little bit part of this Miz act. I think it would. Uh, 
I might enjoy it a little bit more if Maurice was on TV more often. Sure. Just just to give him just to give him the girl and 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 complete the entire Hollywood package. But uh, as a match, loved it, loved it a lot. Dolph winning surprised the heck out of me, especially because that that was the one against the grain pick I really picked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, good for him. I I don't think it did. I don't think the match the next night did much for him. That's you know, but that's them, and that's one of those huh. That's what they're doing decisions that that just baffled me for raw coming out coming out of a very very hot summer slam with Dolph winning the title that was a uh i believe did you predict Dolph to win that one i did that yeah. that was my that was the one game I, breaker one, right there one, one against the field yeah. you were the only one to pick him winning i didn't think they would do it right then but they did and then uh, we had a, another title match page and aj lee and page went ahead and got the title back beating aj lee in a much better match than their battleground affair. I thought Very this one was so. really good. It was quick. Um, I also yeah. gave it three stars out of five. And there's a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, they went outside the ring. AJ did a dive. Um, I mean, it was kind of a whatever match to me in a way, but because of how fast they were going, I really liked it. I liked it quite a bit. I, I think overall as a diva, in terms of her career, AJ's a little undervalued just in terms of when you talk about great divas, People go to Trish, Lita, people of that ilk, and and I I just think AJ is spectacular. Yeah, they're they're both doing very well in this. It's I, just it's just that her character can be grating at times. Yeah. So so I think that kind of cuts into it a bit. You know, the story isn't anything special for me just yet because it's you know it's crazy women and mm-hmm. that's what they do with divas. But uh, as a match. Loved it. Heads and shoulders above their last title match. And they're they're not hiding it anymore. I mean, on Raw, it was made quite evident that the question is, who's crazier, Paige or AJ? And they're they're not being subtle about it anymore, at least. Uh, We've been doing this show since February. And And I'm uh, crazier than you. I know that. That's true. Um, (laughs) Ever since, you know, the first part of the year, when Paige debuted in April, ever since she debuted, I think it was the second weekend when, like, she's got to go back heel. She's got to be a heel because the face, the babyface page in NXT really didn't work and it wasn't working already one week in on WWE. And now you have the heel page and this heel page is amazing. Well, it's, it was also when, when brought up to the main roster, it's, it's, you have to act like you don't know what you're doing. And that always kind of makes you second guess and look bad, even though, you know, acting timid is much harder to be than playing timid. And mm. I just thought that was a poor choice right off the get go. If they had made her seem competent and and sure of herself, I think I think she would have been a much stronger face. The uh, next match on the card was one that pleasantly surprised me. Um mm. I thought it was excellent. I don't know about live going in. Um, the flag match. Rusev defeating Jack Swagger. Uh, a match where I predicted Swagger to win, but also a caveat to that prediction was that it was a capture the flag match, which we did not end up getting. We just got a regular match where the winner would get his flag raised and his anthem played after the fact. Uh, if we knew that was the stipulation, I don't think there's anyone that would have picked against Rusev. I know I wouldn't have, but Rusev does get the win. I thought Rusev in this match continued to show while why he is really a standout player in the future of WWE. This guy selling the ankle from the ankle lock, the injury, the entire match was just phenomenal. I thought the story of, you know, Rusev getting his leg taken out and still being this tough monster that 
Uh, you're going to have to take out both legs and maybe his arms too if you want to stop this guy. I thought this match was excellent. What'd you get as far as a live vibe from this guy? Rusev's great for mm-hmm. a big man. Uh, and live, you don't realize how big Jack Swagger is until you see him live and you're not as impressed with his power because you see him on TV week after week doing power moves. But that lift um, suplex of of Rusev was really impressive to me live. Um, the two missteps that they had in this match were cosmetic in nature. I thought I thought the color guard was a mistake. That was uh, Ranger Ross Wrestle War eighty nine, which I've referenced here before. Which which it was like, although although the difference in that was Ranger Ross was a new up and coming star. They gave him the color guard and then they go job him to to Butch Reed in like five minutes. Uh, and and also just, and it's odd because JBL said the same thing on commentary that I said live when I was watching it, when uh, the American flag hit the ground, it's like, you can't do that. But other than that, um, you know, for, for a big guy match, liked it a lot. I just don't, you know, what do you do now with swagger now that Zeb Coulter's out? You know, I'm, I'm almost afraid that he's going to be Rusev's tag partner in this big guys match. You know, if if they bring in Big Show to be part of uh, part of the angle with Henry with Rusev, that that might be the direction to go with with Swagger. But I just think that's too soon to turn him. So I'm kind of, and this, the, you know, you had the Bo Dallas thing last night, which you know, it, it's 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 something for him to do, but it's you know, it really doesn't build off the heat that he generated off this angle. Yeah, the I just. I don't know if it was going to resonate, and that's why I wanted to ask you if it was going to resonate live. All of the Rusev, just the facials he was making, the the hurt he was selling, like he couldn't no. even lock in. No, his... that in ring though, but I mean the facials didn't come in. Mm-hmm. But you saw him. I saw him wince when he put on um, the finishing move. Yeah. Uh you know the the grabbing the ankle in the corner though that 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 resonated. Yeah, and you, uh, you, this guy was putting on the accolade. Couldn't even get the full accolade on because his, an- his ankle is so hurt. That resonated. And then at the end, he fights through the pain. He's crying in the ring. He's killing himself trying to get this accolade on. He was the best babyface of all time. Uh, Rusev winning this match, I, I thought was an excellent performance. Um, you know, the color guard is out there. Uh, you know, Rusev gets the win, even though the color guard is out there. Okay. This guy's a major heel. I didn't think they would do it. I thought there was no way. I thought as soon as I saw the color guard, I go, wow, they're going to give swagger the win here. Yeah. I I thought there was no way Rusev was getting that, but, uh, yeah, you have people, you know, that's, that's a good point. I guess I, I didn't really notice it that much when the flag was on the ground, but yeah, I, you know, Chris uh, on Twitter says that he cringed too when he saw the flag hit the ground. I guess that was something where it was a small thing that I just must have missed or didn't feel the big importance of. Uh, but uh, yeah, I-, I thought this match was really good. I gave it three and three quarter stars out of five. I thought this was one of the better matches of the night. Yeah, the the funny thing to me was uh, the next night on commentary when JBL was just killing swagger for not, you know, for, for letting the country down. I go, this, yeah. I go, this is a guy who lives offshore to avoid the taxes. I don't think he should be, you know, questioning. <laughs> it's all right. He lives offshore. He just wants to enjoy the rest of his life. He's a Texan. He's a proud Texan when he flies in. He's a Bermudan. 
Uh, uh, yeah, the Heyman or whatever it is. I, I really like that match. And then we just kept oh, rolling. I I, once we got through those three, I'm like, okay, this SummerSlam is not going to disappoint. Because I know Brock Lesnar and John Cena, no matter which way they go about it, it's going to be really good. And then the one thing they did, they they kept the pace going. That yes. was That was something where it's just like there's not a lot of these... You know, you'll get the, here's what WWE was doing in Los Angeles while we were here this week. And you'd see parties and visiting the hospitals mm-hmm. and, and the Be A Star campaign was big when, when I was there. And you had a few music videos that we got to see that you all didn't get to see until that. No, the pace was strong. If you are out there listening live at VoicesOfWrestling.com and disagree with any of our opinions or want to give your thoughts on Raw the next night in SummerSlam. keep Slam, it to yourself because my opinions are great. <laughs> You can call in at 260-494-3811 or hit us up on Twitter at ShakeThemRopes if you can't call in right now. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast version later on at VoicesOfWrestling.com, follow us on Twitter so you can know when the next time we record live is going to be. Uh, we might be doing some more stuff depending on our schedules. We'll see if we can do some some live after post-pay-per-view shows because I tell you, once this pay-per-view ended... Once SummerSlam ended, I really did regret that we weren't live doing a show because I had so many thoughts going through my head. I thought I thought we can get a lot of differing opinions. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that could be said about this. But on that note, uh, we do have another call on the line here at Shake Them Rope. So we'll see if uh, we can get this person added or maybe not. But uh, yes, caller, do you have a uh, thought on... Uh, okay, nope, caller's gone. Don't have him on mine. Okay. Nope, we don't have him. Uh, something happened there. Oh, well. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I really wanted to do a show after that because I thought it was just a, an excellent performance from all the guys. And I thought there was a lot to talk about. I'm kind of glad we're doing it today after Raw so we can get both sides of the direction. Uh, but uh, yeah, the next match in the show, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. I know a lot of people looking forward to this one. Uh, Seth Rollins getting the win over Dean Ambrose with a lot of chaos mixed in. Uh, how was the chaos live in the arena with you know Seth Rollins and Ambrose feuding through the the crowd? You had Kane coming out there at the end of the match. You had just a whole bunch of people everywhere. Uh, <laughs> it, it was interesting to watch the crowd try and watch the match mm-hmm. <laughs> because there was a lot of, okay, should I look at the screen or should I try and look at the crowd? Um <laughs> kids I were with were wondering why they weren't coming up to where we were. Uh, (laughs) I go because it's luxury suites and they usually don't come up here. Um, (laughs) But uh, no, it it was, it was vastly entertaining. And, and, uh, and, and, and if you could see it, see the parts where they were fighting live off of, off of the screen, it was great. But if not, you could still, you know, get the gist of it by watching the, the Titan Tron. Uh, But just uh, once, once they got into the crowd it just started buzzing like, oh man, where's it going to go? Almost, you know, almost as exciting as the, the uh, now I can mention him, the Benoit Sullivan falls count anywhere match. You were thinking it was going to be something of, 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 of that magnitude, but with lumberjacks, but the, the twist of having the lumberjacks going after them in the crowd, mm-hmm. that, that, added a, that, that added a little bit more anarchy than I think anybody was anticipating. So everybody was excited. Okay, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Which really got the crowd into it. Yeah, I, I watching this on TV, just everything that was happening. I, there was a lot of smoke and mirrors. You know, Rollins and Ambrose went at it, uh, but there was, you know, they're doing the suplexes onto the the group of 
of guys out there. They're doing just crazy moves. Um, I know a lot of people wanted to see Rollins and Ambrose go at it. They wanted to see a match between the two and not so much all the shenanigans. But to continue the story along, I'm fine with them slowly building to more of just a one-on-one match. You know, this this pay-per-view match didn't disappoint. It was certainly entertaining. It was not the main event of the show. No. And you did get a pinfall victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what if there was a weapon involved? So what if Kane came in? But I'll tell you one really underrated part of this match that the crowd really popped for. And I'm sitting there on TV thinking, oh, this was awesome. The spot where Kane comes in to disrupt Dean Ambrose getting the win after his (laughs) dirty deeds. Yeah. Kane comes in and then Goldust of all people rolls in and goes right up to his face. The crowd went nuts for Goldust. Yes, yes, they did. They, that that crowd really liked Goldust a lot. They popped for him when he came out too. So <laughs> they went nuts for Goldust, and then Kane just slaps him right down. Yeah, like sorry, Goldust, this wasn't something we had planned. Go away. Just oh, that I I thought that was a really underrated just one moment of the show. Uh, people getting excited for them seeing some Goldust. Why not? Um, apologize to this. Uh, there's someone who keeps trying to call in. Uh, I won't say the name, but I don't know what's going on, whether they're hanging up before we add them or what's going on, but, uh, something's not, something's not, maybe, maybe, Hey, whatever, you know, everyone can do their thing. Uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. I gave it three and a quarter stars out of five. I really enjoyed it. Um, again, the match on raw the next night I thought was better because it was more one-on-one and you had a whole bunch of craziness, but it was tied to just those two for the most part. Let me uh, throw this at you because I, I had one minor throw reservation about it at me about the uh, about the match last night. Toss it here. I thought it was too much Kane. I oh, really wanted. Yeah. I want. I, I mean, I can see Kane being the pivot for the win, mm-hmm. but I really wanted to see Rollins after Kane. You know, kind of throws it off tracks and throws throws Ambrose off seeing Rollins really have a powerful win so that when Ambrose comes back, it's okay. Here we not, not that it's not going to be big when he does come back, but I really don't like that. They can only have one really strong, competent heel in the company. Um, and everybody else kind of has to get through it through chicanery. I really kind of wanted to see Rollins go over strong here as opposed to being weaselly. Here's why I'm going to hold off reservations about Kane always getting involved. Cause yes, I think Kane is getting involved a little too much, okay. but at the same time, if they are actually going to have a hell in a cell match between these two, if we're going to get hell in a cell between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, all of the Kane stuff right now makes complete sense. You know, Dean Ambrose is trying everything that he can. He's fighting off Kane and Seth Rollins at the same time and doing a really good job of it until the numbers get, just get to be too much. If all this is leading to hell in the cell, Dean Ambrose will get Seth Rollins one-on-one. People will want to watch this match. Oh, yeah. They no, will... I'm, not, I'm not denying that. You know Kane's getting involved in a hell in a cell match, too. Yeah. All right, we're going to try this one more time with this caller. I don't know what's going on. It's just not working. I don't see him on my... Yeah, just, just not working. This caller just doesn't... Uh, I don't know what's going on. Mm. Oh, well. Um... Yeah, I, I think if they're going to go to Hell in a Cell, I'm fine with Kane coming in right now. You know, so be it. Because mm-hmm. at some point, he will not be able to get in. And that's what everyone's going to be 
loving. They're going to love to see this one-on-one. -on -one. And I can see a Hell in a Cell match with Kane coming, trying everything he can for 30 minutes straight trying to get in this ring and trying to get in that cage and him being unable to do so while Dean Ambrose just sacrifices Seth Rollins to the gods. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be an epic beating when he comes back. Yes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Chris on Twitter says, Glenn the Libertarian does not approve of Jeff's attempts to push for more government interference in prohibiting <laughs> Kane. <laughs> let's, let's not get too political here, kids. Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Bray Wyatt got his win over Chris Jericho in what I thought was the uh, worst match of the night. Um, and I can't even, maybe it shouldn't say worst match, the least good match. Of the, the least night. living up, the, it did not live up to the expectations that one would have of it. How about I, we I didn't have a, issue with that? And I didn't have a ton of expectations. I mean, I, I kind of see what Bray Wyatt is right now. Um, I, I think most people do as far as the in-ring side. But Bray gets his win over Chris Jericho. The feud isn't over. It seems to be they're going to do a third match at Night of Champions or sometime down the line, which yeah. is fine. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, the crowd in LA was really into his entrance. Oh yeah, not into oh, so oh, much more. Oh yeah, well no no no. This this might have come off a little bit off. Uh, they they were into Bray. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I, I think it it's interesting because they did more story than than match here, and I'm wondering if they're going to do. You know, I since 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 Bray's really playing up the savior thing. I thought they might do a build where Chris has to be a follower of Bray Wyatt. I don't know if that would work because they've already done that with Daniel Bryan. They did, and we saw how well that worked. Yeah. So, uh, no, enjoyable match, but definitely the one that fell the most flat. And I think, you know, it's odd that this was the cool-down spot for, uh, <laughs> for in between uh, Rollins and Ambrose and uh, Stephanie and, and uh, Brie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, it, it worked for that purpose. I guess. It was a solid match. Let's say that. It was a solid, it's a professional wrestling match, but... You know, if, if Chris Jericho would have win, it wouldn't have mattered. So Bray Wyatt has to get the win here. Mm -hmm. And then that led into what uh, what I facetiously said for weeks was the real main event of the show. Was, in actuality, one of the main events in the show. Stephanie McMahon defeating Brie Bella in basically exactly what you said would happen, Jeff. Now, I know there were some people that were saying this was going to happen, and... Maybe deep in my mind, I thought it was actually going to happen too. I just, again, I questioned the motivation. But The uh, question was who was out in front of it first, and I believe it was me. Hey, I'll go I, with that. There you, you go. Shake them ropes his own, Jeff Hawkins. <laughs> you know, former member of the fabulous Freebirds, Jeff Hawkins was indeed out on this first. Uh, Nikki Bella turned on her sister Bree, uh, helped out Stephanie McMahon in what was a pretty solid match uh, all the way through. Um, I gave this three stars out of five. I think that was higher on the scale than some others had given it. But uh, yeah, we had Stephanie McMahon coming out in her all black outfit, which just looked spectacular and getting the win here. And the feud now transfers between Nikki and Brie. But what do you think about this one live? And how did the kids like Nikki versus Brie? <laughs> they, they liked it a lot. <laughs> uh, um, it's funny because the crowd was way ahead of every. I mean, the crowd was ahead of, of the match in terms of sensing the turn. They knew it was coming and they still popped for it, which was great. Yeah. Uh, the kids just liked watching girls fighting. Um, 
<laughs> and, and of course, they're at that age where where they think that the move that would sicken any girl would be to kiss the other one. Um, and 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 uh, I remember they said that during AJ and Paige, it, it was like, uh, oh, uh, AJ should just kiss her. And I'm like, yes, they they should kiss. Oh, you would like that, <laughs> wouldn't you? Have, um, have some respect. Uh, I I I have much respect for the athleticism and uh was it uh sexy, smart and talented. Yes. Oh there's Oh, oh we Hello? yeah we were adding a caller here and apparently he had us uh up a little bit, which is fine. Uh caller, yes, you have been trying to get through so many times. I felt bad. Uh your name and where are you calling from? Um it's Chris from Brisbane, Australia. Hi, Chris from Brisbane. Wow. Uh what time is it there in Australia? Uh, it's about 10 to 9 in the morning. 10 to 9 in but the morning. I have the, I have the day off, so it's not too bad. No, not at all. Uh, what is on your mind this post-SummerSlam show? Um, I was just going to say, where do you think they're going with uh, Reigns after SummerSlam? Do you think they're going to put him against Rollins at Night of Champions? I could, uh, I could see them doing that especially if Ambrose is going to sit this pay-per-view out. I could definitely see them. The only problem I see with that is I don't really know if I want the heat transferred from Ambrose to to Reigns right now in this particular program. Um, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. I, I, I could see Reigns doing another match with Orton. Um, I could see uh, some type of stipulation there because, uh, you know, at this point, Orton has lost now to him twice in a row. He lost to him at SummerSlam, lost to him at Raw, and I'm sure he's not happy about that. I see them continuing that program and keeping Rollins with something else. Um, just because I, I think Dean Ambrose, that's where you want all of the energy at getting back at Seth Rollins. You want that on Dean Ambrose. If Reigns comes in and Reigns just, you know, beats Rollins in some way, then why do we care about Ambrose? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think is Ambrose coming back within a month. Do you know that? Well, and he's off shooting this movie, so he's going to be off Raws for a little bit. Um, whether the movie schedule conflicts with Night of Champions or not, I don't know if you put him on that show, especially if Brock Lesnar is going to be on that show. I think you can afford to keep Ambrose out uh, and and really do the big match with Rollins at Hell in a Cell, which would be the next show. Um, so whether he's able to be on the uh, next pay-per-view in September or not, I think you keep him off of it. Uh, if they don't keep him I off of thinking- it... Go ahead. I was thinking you might make the surprise there. Like maybe Rollins might try to cash in on Lesnar and Ambrose might appear. Very, very well could. Yeah, that would be a cool way to reintroduce Ambrose or bring him back. You know, Ambrose did say that every time Rollins tries to cash in, he's going to be there. So injury or not, you kind of get Ambrose off your mind for the next couple of weeks. And then it's a pretty big surprise when he comes back to, uh, to hinder Rollins. Uh, I, I think that would be a pretty good idea. I don't know if, with Brock Lesnar being the champ, I'm not quite sure uh, we're going to see Rollins trying to cash in anytime soon. Um, but who knows? If John Cena gets the rematch United Champions and John Cena ends up beating Brock Lesnar and all that's for naught, then we might see Rollins try to cash in. Uh, what are your thoughts? What do you see for uh, Reigns or Rollins next, Jeff, uh, coming up at United Champions? This was another thing that made me very, very curious because the SummerSlam win... Hyped as biggest win of his career, big star-making performance, you know, on SummerSlam. And then the next night on Raw, he's stuck in this multi-man tag match where they're kind of hiding him a bit. And, you know, in kind of a non-consequential part of the show, I think, I think until they're ready to start, 
doing the main event build, they may cool down, cool them down a little bit. Um, I could see the briefcase being the conduit through which Roman goes after Brock. Uh, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's, I agree with you. You don't transfer the heat from the Rollins Ambrose feud over to Reigns just yet. You know, I could see, you know, I could see Reigns just kind of, uh, upper, upper or lower, you know, main event, but not, you know, another match with Orton, maybe a tag match involving Orton. I think they're going to save uh, Triple H Reigns for Hell in a Cell in October. Yeah. Um, they're probably going to need a main event there. And with Lesnar, probably not going to work that if he's still champ. I think that's probably the next thing they have going. Yeah. Really. Unless, unless you're going to use this John Cena leaving for because I think they're going to probably end up doing some sort of John Cena's doubting himself type of thing. Use that and then transfer that part of it to Reigns to begin his build somehow. I can see them doing Reigns versus Kane. At Night of Champions, very easy. Please, I, I, no. I like the I know, John Cena. I, I, I like the John Cena doubting himself. They did this a little bit before the second match with The Rock, and I thought it was some of the best TV John Cena had done. Um, if they really go all the way with it, I could see John Cena doing the doubting himself. We go all the way maybe to Royal Rumble, uh, get that rematch with Brock Lesnar, get destroyed again, and the only way he can save his career now is maybe challenge someone like The Undertaker. Maybe if if they're actually going to use Hulk Hogan for a match, maybe Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. But do like one of those legendary type of matches at WrestleMania with John Cena on a severe losing streak uh, if they want to go all the way with. There's the beauty about this show and where they're going now. I I think Cena's plan B in case they decide to get cold on Reigns. Yeah, I, there there could be a lot of things. That That's yeah. the beauty of it right now is we have five months left in this year uh, four months left in this year, really. And there's still a lot of different directions they can go. And the fact that we don't know what they're going to do with Rollins at Night of Champions, I think is a good thing. There's a lot of different ways they can go. We might get the rematch with Ambrose. We might get something else waiting to hell in the cell. There's just a lot of different ways they can go. I think uh, Dave Batista is coming back sometime soon as well. And uh, maybe, maybe they might try to run Batista versus Lesnar sometime. I don't know how good that would be. And if... Dave wants to lose again, but <laughs> there's some cachet of that, especially with Guardians of the Galaxy being so big right now. Absolutely. I, I actually think that Night of Champions, I said this on the Twitter feed yesterday, I really think Batista might be next for Brock Lesnar because uh, it's a it's a guy that you can see coming back uh, that some people might buy as a potential winner of the title. But it's also a guy that Brock Lesnar, if he destroys Batista too, is, you know, he's continuing his legacy here this year. The whole story they're telling where he's just beating up everybody and there's no one who can touch him. I, I think that's actually a good match to have. And if let he me comes throw, back for another throw, champions, let, I like it. Go ahead. Let, let me let me put this one to you, just because we haven't seen it in a long time. Orton Batista. Batista not necessarily. Nece- I mean, not, 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 not Batista. I meant Orton uh, Lesnar. Go ahead, Caller. What do you what, Yeah, go ahead, Caller. What do you think about Orton Lesnar? And what do you think about the idea potentially of. Uh, a Batista Orton. Uh, well, with Orton Lesnar, I think Orton's a bit dead in the water at the moment. I think he needs to take a break, uh, try to freshen up a bit. I don't think Lesnar Orton is something too many people are clamoring for. Um, Batista Orton as well, I don't think people are really that going to be that into. I think we'll probably go see if Batista does come back. I think eventually it's going to turn on Triple H, and that might be what WrestleMania ends with next year. Batista Triple H in the undercut somewhere. 
Interesting idea. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I think that's I definitely think, a possibility. I think Batista's pretty much said that in interviews. I don't know if that's what it will go through, but maybe that's what's being penciled in at the moment. Completely off topic, caller, just because it came in my head. Uh, go for it. CM Punk. Is he going to wrestle at WrestleMania next year? Not next year. I, th- I think maybe in three years. I don't know. Three just, years. Okay. Three years. I don't know. Just just from seeing what sort of personality he is, I think him coming out and saying he doesn't want to wrestle, I think him wanting to be right and not going back on his word might be enough. His ego might feed him not to actually come back. Sure. I had to get one CM Punk mention on this show. <laughs> And I wanted to get a different opinion. Oh, I thank you so much for calling in for all your attempts to call in. Sorry, it wasn't working out the first couple of times. I don't know what was going on there. Uh, but uh, all the way from Australia, I hope you have a good start to your day. Oh, good, guys. Love the show. Keep it up. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. All righty. So a lot of different ideas. And I think that's one of the things that a good um, it's a good time for WWE. You have a lot of different directions you can go. And it's. It's not a bad thing. There's the big debate over whether Dean Ambrose should be the next top star or whether Roman Reigns should be the next top star. Who really should they push? When you have two guys to choose from who who potentially could both be great top stars for WWE, that's not a bad problem to have. I'd say three. I think Rollins is worth pushing. Rollins is as, up there as too. A t- as a top guy. The problem is right now he's a heel and Brock is not... Yeah, you got that briefcase, but he's not cashing against Brock, I don't think. So you kind of have him kind of uh, in a holding pattern a bit. Yeah, no, we uh, we got that call in the middle of talking. We were kind of at the tail end of talking about Stephanie and Brie. But overall, Stephanie and Brie, uh, did it deliver? I mean, it was a pretty good promo job from Stephanie for the weeks leading up to this show. Did the match deliver? The, the match was fine. I just I just thought the, the promo on Raw wasn't great. The Raw by, after the by, fact? Yeah, by anybody mm-hmm. involved in it. I thought all three of them were pretty bad, and I thought the the reasoning there there, <laughs> there there's much better reasons for for Nikki to turn on Bree than Mom liked you best. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you could think of any, you know I'm tired of getting beat up for you. I'm I'm, I'm just tired. I mean, you could you could deliver that so much better, and now it's just it, it feels so hokey to mm-hmm. me. But that's me. That's you. Um, I thought I thought the match delivered. It was an incredible hype job from Stephanie McMahon. I mean, really making yeah. this one of the big main events on the show. And again, we talked about motivation for Nikki Bella to turn on our preview show last week that you can catch at VoicesOfWrestling.com. We, we talked about the motivation. And the only motivation you could do was what they actually did, where Nikki was upset that Brie left, you know, broke up the Twins tag team. You know, was only thinking of herself. That's the only type of motivation that would somewhat make sense, and that's what they went well, with. And and now you have Nikki versus Bree as the next logical program. Well, you can have her mad at at Bree, but there are better ways to do it than than you know, <laughs> you got married first. Yeah, well, which isn't necessarily true in reality. And she but, took a shot at Daniel Bryan too. Now, the one thing I am surprised at from Raw the next night in this program is that the, they continue to mention, you know, Steph whether she's just needling Bree. She continues to mention the cheating of Daniel Bryan. Now, last week, I had thought uh, that it was pretty obvious that she was only doing the cheating angle to get Brie upset so Brie would slap the girl so her whole plan would come together. Maybe now she's just needling even though it's not true, or maybe they're actually going to go with some type of cheating angle for the long haul. 
Oh God! I still, um. <laughs> I still think it's just her needling. Like she knows it's not true. Bree knows it's not true. Stephanie, uh, or Nikki knows it's not true, but she's just saying it to say it. But uh, <laughs> it, it's confusing now because I thought it was a one night thing. Yet they keep mentioning it. The, the most creative reasoning I read, uh, I forgot. I can't give credit, uh, and I apologize. Was uh, if Nikki had said something of, "Do you see the amount of plastic surgery I've had? I do that because I don't want to look like you anymore." Hmm. I, thought, I thought that was creative, you know. But you can't unless you have that kind of self awareness, and I don't think, I don't think they do. Right. Uh, you can't really pull that off. I, I just thought the acting was bad on the on the on the promos afterwards. The match at WrestleMania was fine. It, it's kind of like the Daniel Bryan win at WrestleMania to me. Like you got some incredible build up to it. You had your moment at WrestleMania with Daniel Bryan win the title. You had your moment with the Stephanie McMahon match at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Whatever they do afterwards with these guys is no longer a semi main event program. It's just down there. It's another women's feud. Well, and it's also it's it's just another authority storyline, and yeah. it's just so stale. We then had our main event, which we talked about a lot. I gave this one four and a half out of five stars. I thought this was an incredible match, uh, one of the best matches. Uh, I understand views can be different. Some might have been bored, uh, maybe if they didn't quite get the entire story in there. Uh, but I thought this was incredible from John Cena making that initial mistake, you know, going. You know, high in the corner as Brock Lesnar backed him into the corner. Going high, Brock Lesnar giving them the F5 and then taking over from there. Uh, and then John Cena not really having a chance to fight back, but when he did, he would take it and fail. I thought this was an incredible story. And, and it, it's really not a story just for that one night. I mean, this is a story that's been building ever since Brock Lesnar defeated Triple H and then defeated The Undertaker. This is long-term storytelling that WWE is doing. And this match might have been the best part of the entire story let me ask you something rob when you're staring at those five empty stars and do you ever just go oh should i color it in a quarter or a half right now? i tell you what i'm not a star guy <laughs> i don't I, I am not either it's did i like it did i not like I know, it i loved it I, I watched it immediately after the fact now that's one good thing about this <laughs> network is on traditional pay-per-view if you want to rewatch this and you didn't dvr it you have to wait three hours to get to the main event again WWE Network, you can watch that match again over and over if you want to. I watched it again, and then I watched it the next day. Um, I thought this match was excellent. I gave it four and a half. I only took the half away if you know for those who like star ratings. And there are a lot of readers who like to see star ratings because it gives them a simplified version of comparison to other matches. Uh, mm-hmm. And maybe a way, a little guide. You know, what should I check out? Okay, this got four stars. This other match got two. Maybe I'll check out this four-star match. Um, but I gave the four and a half because I didn't think it was perfect. Now, this particular match, if there would have been more back and forth between Cena and Brock, I think the match would not have been as good. No. I think this match was great because it was one-sided. It's it's a story match. It's not a, it's not a work rate match. Yes. So the story was told perfectly. Brock Lesnar, fantastic. Brock just, Les- just a yes. fantastic bully. The smiling, the little dance, you know, from the entrance way, the, the holding the fist up as if to touch gloves for the next round. Here you have this which guy. I thought, which, yeah. I thought, which I thought was kind of undervalued by a lot of people. It's like, oh, look, he's doing UFC. Time for the scene is there suffering in the corner, right. sitting down, trying to catch his breath. Brock's ready for the next round, has his fist up. Let's touch gloves and go. I thought, oh, man, that is good. Well, that's that when- is really good. The smiling, the, the laughing after the... the uh, 
the uh, attitude adjustment for the for the right. quick attempt at the pin early where he just laughs at that and just goes, wow, you tried to shock me. Well, Good I, on you, brother. I thought this was really, and this was like a UFC fight in that regard is, uh, you mentioned how he was in the corner resting a little bit, but also this was a match where you had two competitors who you thought were going to give you a world title fight that was going to be back and forth that anyone yeah. could win. But the champion made that one crucial mistake early that the challenger took advantage of. And mm-hmm. there's no turning back. It's like a guy who's in a big title fight who maybe slips and falls and now is on the ground for the rest of the fight. You know, this was a fight where one guy made a mistake early and couldn't capitalize. And then Brock Lesnar, you know, all the red beast that he was, you know, figuring he's going to die of an enlarged heart in a week. The wow. man he's sweating. I mean, Jesus, this guy was purple. Um, I was a little, I was a little nervous for him because I could see it from where I was sitting. I was like, man, he's tur- he's he's like Zartan. He's turning a different shade. What's but going it, on? The thing there? is, he's always that red. So I guess we can lay off on him. But uh, yeah, this red beast is just defeating him and just I'll tell you, crushing t- him. I'll tell you something uh, that that also did, didn't come through live necessarily, but just watching it on on TV when I got back, just watch Heyman. Mm-hmm. From beginning to introduction to during the match to listening to him yell, here comes the pain. Wow. I'm sorry you like Stephanie, but between that and, and the promo on Monday, well, he's your first place non-wrestler. Yeah. This is... There's... This, there's this and was the, another and thing. it's not even close. It, mm-hmm. It's not even close. So, I'm sorry. Listeners of our show over the past few weeks know that I've been behind Stephanie McMahon for non-wrestler of the year. Um, so today's big show, I had teased, do I still consider her to be the favorite or will I backtrack? And now and what, put did you, what did you say, you big tease? Paul Heyman, number one. So we go over to Raw and yes. At the start of the second hour, uh, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman come out. They are awarded the new WWE Championship belt. The belt with the new logo. He only has to carry one now instead of two. They're awarded the belt. Paul Heyman cuts yet another phenomenal, impassioned promo about how great Brock Lesnar is. Now, most of his promo was about how great John Cena was. Yeah. But Brock Lesnar is better. Brock Lesnar came to kill. And it really puts over the significance yes. of the win, which which yes. was great. Paul Heyman is your favorite right now for best non-wrestler. Not only my favorite for best non-wrestler, I think he's the best manager in wrestling history. Best manager, right best on interviews. He's Just, winning any award that involves talking. He's winning this year. I'll tell you what else has happened in the past two days between the Raw and, and the pay-per-view. Brock Lesnar, by not even saying a word and just doing facials and mm-hmm. smirks and winks, might be most charismatic. I know I know the completionists love Nakamura, and Nakamura's great, but Brock is so close. I, <laughs> I love Nakamura during that G1, I can tell you that. I, yeah, no, Nakamura was phenomenal, but Brock is, Brock is making a run at it. I, I my, the, the, the interview, the pre-fight interviews... The, the facials during the match and then the facials and the wink and, and just knocking over the table and, and mouthing words yeah. at the same time as Paul just, he's awesome. Oh, oh, he, and I, he's I, always, he's always been awesome in that regard. Now, uh, why can't everything be like this? Why? We're not going to get him 
we're not going to get Brock Lesnar on every show, and that's the sad part. I just part. mean the product. I, I just know. mean the product. So here's the deal, okay? We talked about, okay, now I'm I'm fully in your camp now. I think Paul Heyman is the guy for, for all the talking awards. What do we do next with Brock Lesnar? Um, we, we had the caller think that it might be Batista. The, the problem is Brock Lesnar is still not advertised for Night of Champions. I know there's rumors and, you know, respected news guys are saying he will be there. But we don't know if he's going to be there. And he's not advertised for the show, either at the arena or from WWE. So if he is on the show, I think this is where you do the Batista match. You know, Batista is still all the one-on-one title shot. Give it to him there. Batista can be the babyface coming off of this movie. If he's not on the show, I really don't know what you do for a main event. Um, you can still have Batista maybe come back and be a main event against Randy Orton, maybe. Uh, you can have Roman Reigns' main event. Um, I don't know what type of match would be good enough to be a main event of Night of Champions. You don't want Reigns in there this quick. But at Night of Champions, the whole pay-per-view is every belt is defended. So yeah. I can see Brock Lesnar being added, and I think this is where you do the Batista match. I don't think it's too early to do a John Cena rematch. You know, John Cena should be recovering and not really wrestling for a while, you know, have him on the shows, give him the talking and maybe wrestle a dark match, but he shouldn't be wrestling on TV and probably shouldn't wrestle on this pay-per-view. Uh, I think this is where you do Brock Lesnar against Batista. I could see that. I, I, and that would be a great match. I, you know, I, you can throw anybody in there and Brock's going to destroy them. Yeah. And I think Brock's going to have a great match. Yeah. It was weird because yesterday I thought they were holding those photo ops for too long and I thought something was going to come of it. I could see, I could see, I could see you because it's on the network and you're not, you know, really, you know, you're not swerving anymore now that, now that everybody has the network. Um, you know, Brock doesn't have a match on Night of Champions. He's not going to fight on Night of Champions. Hunter calls him out. You need to fight on Night of Champions. Brock F5s him and leaves. <laughs> Could, yeah. I mean, I, I could see that happening. I, I don't think it will. I think he's going to have a match. I think it'll probably be against, you know, the residuals of 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 the Evolution wanting title matches against Daniel Bryan. And I think I think Hunter's going to feed either Batista or Orton to to, uh, to Brock. Could. But because um, at the same note, well, at the same note, Batista's not advertised for the show either. So. If, I big shows big shows a nice call too mm-hmm. if you build a big show fairly strong. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that team? White Chocolate, Big Show, and Mark Henry. I'm mad a little bit. Mad? Um, How could you be mad? About that about that match last night, because that's a match you could build mm-hmm. and get actual heat. Those those four big guys in there at once. I mean, the Wyatts are still over, and this is why not giving them the belts against the Usos was a mistake. If you had both teams going through their separate branches of the tag team division, just killing fools. Mm -hmm. And you can even take some of the flippy do guys from NXT and feed them to the Wyatts. You could take Zane and Neville, put them under masks, feed them there. You can take the, 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 uh, I almost call them the luchadors, the uh, matadors, feed them to the Wyatts. And on the other side, you know, you get, you know, your non consequential small faces teaming up or uh, heels teaming up against Big Show and Mark Henry, and you just have them killing guys week after week after week until you get to Night of Champions, and maybe you have a stare down beforehand. You could have built this to be a pretty darn big match, I thought. And I thought they just kind of, it's uh, it's a inconsequential, doesn't matter. We needed something to do match. And it just makes it even more baffling that Mark Henry comes out later. 
Yeah, Mark Henry did come out. Uh, he has this match. They win. Um, yeah, it was a fine match, but it's just like, man, what a waste. And then Mark Henry they comes fi- out. They finally, have, they finally have two teams of two big guys, which is what they love. They love having these giants, and they love having teams of giants. Why, why, why waste it here? That's well, me. But I, I don't know if they're going to wait. I think these still, these two are still going to team. I mean, tonight's main event, uh, main well, event on main event. Well, no. I mean the four of them as a match because now the only option is doing even Steven up until Night of Champions unless you're no, just going to move Mark right. on in one night. I, I know they could have built up to a match and could have been good, but the four of these guys are still going to be together for a while because tonight's main event on main event is Rowan against Big Show with the other two being in the corners. Um, but before we talk more about that, we do have another call on the line. Caller, are you there? What's your name and where are you calling from? This is Jeff Hawkins from uh, L.A. Ah. <laughs> Hi, Jeff Hawkins. You've been cloned, Jeff. No, it's Chris Harrington. How are you guys doing? Chris, we're God, doing why great anybody want? Why would anybody want to be me? <laughs> uh, uh, number one, I'm with Jeff 100%. The Wyatt should not have lost last night. The Wyatt should not have lost the Usos last pay-per-view. Uh, it's a huge you know, mistake to kind of feed them that team right now. And like Jeff said, it's a, a great, powerful team. I, I'm mm-hmm. wondering if they're ever going to bring the Ascension up and as two big guys, maybe have them be Henry and Big Show? No. I don't know. Could be. I, I, th- I, th- I think the Ascension is kind of the uh, we don't have, the Jimmy Kimmel running gag of we don't have time for Matt Damon right now. It, I think, I think the it joke is? It's, it's the Dupps 2.0. If you ever went to a house show in the late yeah. 90s, early 2000s, you saw the Dupps, and they never, they made, I think, one Jack match. That was it. it every, with every signing that they do, it gives me more and more thought that my original plan for the Ascension was that they were never going to get called up. They were strictly going to be an NXT uh, gimmick, like keeping them on NXT so you have something for that program on WWE Network. Well, the more the guys they sign, like the Kevin Steens, and you know they have Sami Zayn still down there, uh, eventually I can see some of these guys getting called up eventually, but I'm wondering if they really are just trying to load up NXT to be its own little thing for the network and really not keeping these, you know, putting some of these guys up on the main roster. Because we talk about the body type of a guy like Kevin Steen, and we talk about the size of a guy like Prince Devitt. You know, these are guys that uh, we fans know, the ones who are hardcore wrestling fans, we know them. Maybe that's their way of trying to get the hardcores into WWE Network. You know, make the... Make the and casual simul- fans watch yeah. WWE, but make and us pay for the network to watch Prince Devitt versus Kenta. Yeah, and then simultaneously kind of giving you the finger by stringing you along, hoping that they get up to the main roster. Right. I, I'm I will, wondering if I, that's what they might be doing. I will say that I've talked to Canadians, mm-hmm. and they are so disproportionately excited about Kevin Steen and Sami Zayn that I will hear from Canadians that they're going to buy the network just to watch those two, which, yeah. you know, as an American you so strangely because it's like I would never get that excited if I heard some you know guy from Idaho got signed. I'd be like, I got to get the network now. Mm-hmm. But like Canadians from across the whole North America are just like, gotta get it, gotta get it. And so it's so funny to me uh, about that. Number two, uh, you guys were talking about Steph and the Bellas, and I think a lot of people are mistaking this for a wrestling angle. It's not a wrestling ang- angle; it's a soap opera angle. No, it's, it's you, yeah. you've got twins, you've got you know. Uh, People sleeping with each other, and I'm just hoping they keep ramping it up. I want, you know, someone lost at sea. I want people poisoning each other. <laughs> I want, you know, fake deaths because because it is it's a total diva's angle 
And yes. I think it's designed to bring in that female demographic that kind of just wants that bitchy real housewife, you know, kind of malarkey. And and I think it's going great. And it, yes, it's taking place in a wrestling ring. But I was curious for you two, what are some more soap opera elements that you hope is introduced into the, the, the Bella's Stephanie Angle with triplet? Oh, if we're going to get ridiculous, we got to go with the Deidre Hall being possessed from days of our lives and, and have one of them possessed by the devil. <laughs> the worst, the worst introduction of a story angle ever, I think. I mean, I, here, here, I don't watch soap operas. I heard about this from people who watched soap operas, and they were mad that they had wasted this much time watching something that they used to enjoy. Um, what, what else, you know, your, your phony crime families, you want those? Um, maybe I, I don't know the, the last soap opera I ever watched and I didn't watch it all the time by any means was passions on NBC. <laughs> that was and, and because it seemed like the most realistic one to me in some ways, but then there were also ma- no, well, hold on. That's the one with vampires nope. and witches. Yeah, and yeah stuff. there were, there were witches and, and magic and stuff yet. It still seemed realistic. Midgets. So maybe Born I'm just swap- Hornswoggle could be a leprechaun. That's right. Yeah. You know. His movie's coming out. <laughs> he oh. censored himself there, Chris did. His movie is coming out. I, I wonder if Seth Rollins is going to cash in his Money in the Bank championship for the Divas title and then <laughs> come out as actually a woman. Uh, Harvina version two. Right. Seth yeah, you, you yeah. never know. You, you never. He could be Miss Seth Rollins. I don't know. Oh, you know, you know well, what has to happen is is in the middle of the storyline, one of the people have to be recast by someone who looks slightly like them, <laughs> like a Randy Orton's ever changing wife. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wife number three. All I will say is we've gained a few listeners while talking about soap operas, so I don't know if this is a good sign for the wrestling talk on our show. <laughs> it always is. It always is, and that's what WWE is hoping for too. So. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen, I gotta I gotta go buy some dog food, but keep up the good work. Talk to you later. <laughs> On the that next the most, Days of Our most, Lives. That was the most specific reason for dropping a call I've ever heard. Yeah, he's got to buy some dog food. Well, you got to feed the dog. You can't let the dog out of food. Who let the dogs out? Yeah, good one. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I wonder how much of this stuff is going to play on Total Divas on the next season because you got to figure that they might go more in depth of this cheating angle on, on Total Divas. On like, the next Total Divas. Yeah, you Three. never know. Maybe, Bree has doubts about Daniel. Maybe that's when it'll all make sense. Um, any other thoughts from Raw? We kind of talked about most of Raw as we were discussing the SummerSlam and then what happened the next night with it. Uh, I'm really excited for the Dean Ambrose-Seth Rollins thing. I really hope they can keep the next match off until Hell in a Cell because I think that'll be a big deal. Uh, but any other uh, any other thoughts coming out of this whole weekend uh, that we haven't the- caught on? I'm going through the three hours of bra in my head. Uh, it was a show I, that went by pretty quickly. I mean, I, I think I everything on the show was fine. When you when you kind of kick Santino out and don't have an Adam Rose thing in there, you're you're filled up with guys who can work. I enjoyed uh, <laughs> Orton tagging Ryback in for the hometown pop, and then doing the, some little face dance going out going out of the ring. Randy. I think people people missed Orton going out of the ring like he's like the, the biggest face in the company. It was great. Yeah. I, I tell you, when Randy Orton really wants to be Randy Orton, there's a reason why he's been a top guy for so long. Yeah. He's great. Um, I think, uh, oh, I had something. I forgot what it was. I, I, I loved the, uh, the Ambrose call out to the uh, ice bucket challenge. I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah, pouring the ice all over and this is what? It's for charity and then beats him but, up. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. great. 
that was that was that was darn good and 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 a way to do a subtle plug rather than an over the top one mm-hmm. um uh, the the commentary was terrible I, I tell you that I've heard a lot of feedback about how bad JBL was in the show. I didn't think he was any worse than usual. I thought this was actually an improvement. I thought he was, you know, he was cheering on baby faces at times. And even Jerry Lawler was calling him out. Like, I thought you hated Jack Swagger. And then he's cheering on Jack Swagger. I, no, I, I, you know what? I think here's the problem. I think JBL has to try too hard because Lawler's not doing anything. Yeah. Could be. I, I don't know. I, uh, overall though i thought the show I, I, this was an excellent two days of wwe and, and oh and here yeah here's the thing i found funny um i was i was the positioning of the uh ambrose rollins match as the main event as opposed to putting roman reigns in a main event the night after his coronation it it felt like that you remember in the cm punk documentary where he brings punk in vince brings punk in and goes well we want to have you try something new being a heel Mm-hmm. You think you can go, you think you can, uh, you think you can handle that? And Punk's like, yeah, I think this was the moment where he looks at Rollins and Ambrose and goes, guys, I'm going to do, ask something of you that you may not be ready for, but I'm sure you can rise to the challenge. Can you two main event raw? And they're like, dude, we've been blowing you all the way the last six months. Let's do this. <laughs> Love that match. Loved it. We had a slacker millionaire who called in from Australia earlier, asked on Twitter if we were fans of Mark Henry and Rusev. Uh, You kind of got into that. You were confused by Mark Henry kind of being in that role, uh, especially after his tag team match. Um, The actual segment itself where he comes out, goes face to face with uh, Rusev. He completely ignores Lana, which I think is what a big time babyface should do when he's going off against Rusev. Ignore the woman who's next to him because your fight is with Rusev. I think Mark Henry is a great badass baby face. Yeah, comes out. I, I love. I, I. I'm very excited about the match. I'm just. I'm just a little confused. Of well, you had him in this tag team, and you're seemingly hyping up that run. And it was almost as I as I put on my Twitter. Is this booking on the fly? Are they just sending Henry out there because they had forgotten to slot somebody? Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird in that regard. But as far as the segment, I really liked it. I, I liked that he comes out. You know, he calls calls Rusev boy, and then. Uh, without looking at Lana, he says, maybe she can translate that for you if you don't know what boy means to me, which <laughs> I thought was an excellent line. Uh, comes out, gives him the world's strongest slam. Rusev, who is at this point a master of selling. I mean, yes. whatever it is, uh, Brock Lesnar still amazes me how good he is at, at selling being hurt and injuries. But Rusev is phenomenal right now. And if he gets as good at that, if he gets as good as uh, that at other things, this is going to be a potential top guy, whether it's a baby face or a heel, this is going to be maybe the next Kurt angle, even, you know, a guy who can go in the ring, but he's still got to connect with the crowd a little bit more his on his own. But, uh, I really like this segment with Mark Henry and Rusev. I really did. And I think it'll be an interesting match. Interesting that you drop Kurt angle, because it's getting to the point where there's only three people that should beat him in terms of the patriotism angle. And that's Cena, Kurt angle, or, God forbid Hulk Hogan. I, I tell you what, I never thought that Kurt Angle would. Well, I shouldn't say that. I think Kurt Angle will be back eventually for something if he can pass physicals. But this particular opponent is perfect for him. And if he yeah. and if, if they want to bring him back or are questioning bringing him back. But 
have this and, Rusev guy as this top heel, Kurt Angle and makes be, perfect and I'd sense. Be, and I'd be happy for Rusev to go over Kurt Angle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Match. Oh, we should absolutely go over, but this would be phenomenal. I think you would have people hyped up for Rusev like never before, even though they're starting to get that way. Um, and and the thing is, Kurt can talk, yeah, and Ru- and Rusev can react, and Rusev's great at reacting to interviews as well. If, if you if you watch him, not only just selling in the ring, he's great at just doing the angry monster heel in the ring, being angry about what people are saying about him. Yeah, he he mentions that uh, a Twitter comment mentions that he thought this was the best Henry looked as a babyface since he turned, and yeah. I would agree, it's the best babyface he's done since he was a babyface. The moment he turned, you know, when he did that promo with John Cena in the ring, his retirement promo, he was a huge baby face. And then he turns on John Cena. He's an excellent heel. But yeah, Mark Henry brings it. I mean, this is a guy who stuck around for over a decade, you know, at this point for over two decades almost. Um, he's as good in there. As, as long as they don't blow it by having him be attracted to Lana. Right. Just don't. Don't well, don't allude to sexual chocolate. Don't allude to that crap. Well, that's Just another. Let him be. Let him be this guy. That's another reason why I thought it was perfect that he completely ignored Lana. And this is a guy who's coming in here, not only defending his country, but he's also he's the big beast in WWE. He's sick and tired of this other guy running his mouth on things that he's proud of. So he's going to come out there and shut him up. And he's not shutting Lana up. He's shutting Rusev up. Because if you shut Rusev up, you're effectively shutting Lana up. And Lana was just great in the ring after. Rusev takes this world's strongest slam and Lana's in the corner looking like in shame. She's embarrassed. Yeah. You know, that, that was perfect. Like she didn't know what to do. She just had to stay there and watch Henry stand tall. That was awesome. Let me ask you this because you didn't respond to it necessarily. And I kind of wanted your opinion. Well, it's probably because it. I avoided it. Cause I go ahead. <laughs> wow. Go I'm ahead. Buried on in the middle of my own show. Uh, the Roman Reigns positioning and having him kind of oh, lost yes. in a in a six man match. I thought there, it, I thought it was weird of... where they placed it because it was not only yeah. at the middle of the show, but I believe this was the top of the third hour. Yes. Yeah, it was the top of the third hour. Um, probably something that could have been done in the first hour. You know, but I understand, you know, we had Mark Henry and Big Show out there in the first hour because Henry had to be there later on in the show. I think there are things that could have been positioned differently. I did like that they opened up with the Bellas and the authority because you were also going up against Monday Night Football. And I know we kind of talked about this yesterday that you you thought differently. But the reason I thought it would open up well is because this was the semi-main event effectively on the show before. So you open it up with that. And then you make the people wait for Brock Lesnar to come out. You make them wait and stay tuned for Brock Lesnar at the second hour. And it ended up working. I think the ratings came out and uh, I'll get that. But but what were your thoughts while I'm looking at the ratings per hour? What were your thoughts on the opening and the positioning of the other stuff on that show? Because, yes, I agree that Roman was placed a little oddly. Uh, he was placed in that death spot where maybe not everyone's going to care about it. Um, but you had Orton in the match also. I don't think they were worried about people tuning out when you had Roman and Orton in the ring at the same time. See, I, I undervalue preseason football because I just, you know, it's, and plus they weren't starting Manziel, which made me think, why would, why would watching Hoyer versus RG three be a, be a draw for anybody? I, I always view Raw as kind of writing your basic uh, English term paper. You put your strongest point first, your second strongest point at the top of the third hour, and your weakest point in the middle at the top of that hour. Um, so I thought off of a hot show with hot action in the ring, you should start with your champ because that's talent. Yeah, well, you don't you, you don't start with with 
with Stephanie because that's, you know, that's a 15-minute storyline promo where she's shilling. And I just, you know, but that's that's the way I would book the show. It probably worked in the ratings and goes against everything I believe in. It did. <laughs> ah, son of a bitch. So here's what happened. So last night, people were expecting this to be the most watched preseason football game of all time. It's not just any preseason football game. It was starting at 8 o'clock. It got 7 million viewers on ESPN. There was also Love and Hip Hop 3 on VH1 actually beat Raw. It got 4 million viewers. Monday Night Raw was the third, fourth, and fifth most watched programs of the night. The first hour got 4.2 million viewers. It was the second most watched hour. That second hour was the most watched hour. The hour where you made people wait for Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Well, it was also time. Didn't halftime happen around that time, too? Well, I'm sure it did. But at the same time, okay. you make people wait for what they really want to see. I'm actually surprised they didn't make people wait the entire show for Brock Lesnar. Like, I I thought that was going to be going on last. But mm. I can completely understand that philosophy in making people wait for Brock Lesnar and putting your second most anticipated thing at the start of the show. I've just grown. I guess I've just grown weary of the twenty-minute opening promo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I still I I didn't hate it. I mean, you're transferring no, the feud from Nikki to Bree. You're you're doing that, but but that I think that's why they did it, and I think it worked. I mean, they got people to tune in for Brock Lesnar, and yeah, if you have this big draw that people want to see what's going on with Brock, make them wait. Make them wait. It's the same reason why on a on a Raw after WrestleMania. You have Brock Lesnar debut at the end and not the opening segment. No, well, but but that makes sense because nobody knew Brock was coming. You know, supposedly. I did. I reported it. Two well, days no, before. well, I actually broke that news, it, but whatever. everybody was. Cha- yeah, okay. <laughs> I did actually. But, That's a true story. Really? Go on. I did. I broke the news that Brock Lesnar signed because I ran into. Um, <laughs> I won't say who I ran into, but I ran into a person at the hotel on the Friday mm. that knew and told me, and I I put it up. On there, I told Dave. Dave reported it the next day, and he returned on Monday Night Raw. But that's Look a different you. story. Go ahead. Look at you, my little Rob. He's a like grown-up journalist I, I was, now. I was in the right place at WrestleMania weekend, that's all. Mm. I also reported uh, that Seth Rollins signed, but that's another story, too. Go ahead. <laughs> I can't top that. Let's uh, let's let's move we, on or end this it. Quite, well, on the note that we were talking about, we are talking about the positioning. Um Slacker also asked, does it seem like they are hiding Reigns from the third hour ratings drop? Yes. And it seemed like they were doing that the whole time, except this week. We, we talked about he was in the third hour. Unless I'm mistaken, was he at the end of the second hour or was he at the open of the third hour? I do not recall, sh- but they are they are shield. Yes. <laughs> they're shielding Reigns from a lot of things. They were definitely doing they're shielding that. Him, they're shielding him from a one-on-one match They were yep. afterwards. They're, yep. they're, they're shielding him from the from the uh, malaise of the third hour ratings drop. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I'm fine with that. If he's I'm not fine ex- with it too, if he's not excellent in the ring on one on one, put him in six mans where people are hyped to see him, make it exciting that you want to see Roman reigns on a pay-per-view and then give him the singles match on a pay-per-view. Yeah. They're, they're the, actually here, doing this very well with Roman reigns. Well, they're 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 dancing on on the edge of a, of a razor blade here because so many people are are getting behind Ambrose and they enjoy him and Rollins. There's going to be that blowback if if you know if you're high if you're giving Ambrose these great matches in high profile slots and then go okay we're going to give Roman Reigns the title match here. 
that could work against them. Very well. They could. Um, anything else from Raw on Monday? Uh, I think we've covered it all. Although uh, I, I don't bury the talent's clothing. <laughs> Miz is trying a new look and they're just killing him. It's like, stop it. He's, he's, he's doing well in this role. They should have done this from the get go. Yeah. I I don't care about the clothing. Uh I found it weird that they actually took the time to put a new siren in Cesaro's theme. <laughs> oh, this is so maddening, isn't it? They went from the bullhorn to the like ambulance siren, tornado siren, whatever it is. Um yeah, they changed that part. Not the he whole thing. He should have a new siren every week, kinda like Delo in the different there European cities. New siren. Yeah. Yeah. You have Miz <laughs> coming out with new coats, be this fashion sure. mogul. Sure, why not? Yeah. I just Make some wacky stuff on it. You don't have Santino anymore, so who's going to be the wacky quotient? Adam so, Rose. Yeah, only for the for the next couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah, let's hope so. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I haven't seen him for a while. Um, We have... Uh, that's pretty much it for Raw. We're going to be did, back did next I miss any? Did I miss anything from Raw? I mean, no. Other than, other than Natty's new uh, gear? <laughs> uh, damn, you got to show off those legs, Natty. Um, If you are not following... Becky Lynch on Twitter. Go follow. <laughs> uh, I believe it's at. I don't want to get it wrong now, but go follow Becky Lynch, NXT superstar on Twitter. Uh, she is phenomenal. The entire night during SummerSlam, she was making puns based on the wrestlers' names, and they were super corny but super awesome. Go follow at Becky Lynch WWE on Twitter. That's my final thought for the night. Anything else, Jeff? Your final thoughts are better than my final thoughts. Let's That's right, there. they are. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you all for listening live to us. Thanks for everyone who called in. I think that. But your your predicting skills suck. Whatever, I'll do better the next time. <laughs> I'm going to predict John Cena wins for the rest of my life, though. Um, I, I thank everyone for calling in. I thought the call-ins were a huge success. Reminder uh, to everyone: if you're listening, if you didn't get a chance to call in live, you can still call in with your thoughts and leave a voice message uh, to us. Leave a voicemail, and we can play it on the next show. So even if you can't call in live, you can still reach us. Follow us at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. Uh, we will back be, excuse me, <laughs> whoa, crazy after 90 minutes. We will be back next week to talk about all the stuff that happens on Raw next week, which should also be a good one because we're going to find out if Brock Lesnar is indeed wrestling on the pay-per-view, most likely. Uh, we'll find out what they're going to do with Rollins and Reigns and, and see where they're headed towards Night of Champions. And maybe we'll even get Batista returning. Who knows? But there's a lot of stuff still to be had, so I hope everyone tunes in next week on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network to shake them ropes. Goodbye. Suplex repeat. If you would like to get in contact with us here at Shake Them Ropes, there are plenty of ways to do so. Follow us on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes to get our upcoming recording schedule, as well as call-in information and the topics we'll be discussing. You can email us at rob at shakethemropes.com. That's rob at shakethemropes.com. Or give us a call with your comments and opinions anytime. Our landline number is 260-494-3811. And our Skype name is Let's Say Things. That's L-A-T-S-S-A-Y-T-H-I-N-G-S. Let's Say Things on Skype. You can call us anytime, whether we're recording or not. Just leave a voicemail with your comments, and we can play them on our next show. Also, if we are recording live, you can call in and talk to us live, and that'll be on our next show. All call-in info will be posted on our Twitter, at ShakeThemRopes, so 
so you can follow that Twitter handle and know exactly when we'll be taking your live calls. If you like the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. We do have all our subscription info up on the About page at ShakeThemRopes.com. It'll have links to the iTunes feed, the Stitcher feed, and our RSS feed, so you can put it into any podcasting platform on your Android phone, tablet, whatever the case may be. Uh, So go to the About page at ShakeThemRopes.com. You can also find us on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, at Voices Wrestling on Twitter and VoicesOfWrestling.com. Voices of Wrestling covers the world of WWE, independence, and is your premier source in the U.S. for New Japan Pro Wrestling coverage. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.